please, to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 27, the book of Acts chapter number 27. While you're turning there, I want to share with you <coughs> something that I'm really excited about, and uh, I mentioned it in uh, my Sunday school class this morning. Uh, we're going to, in the very near future, uh, start a brand new Sunday school class for young couples, and uh, I'm thrilled about it, uh, Brother Justin Horton and his wife Hannah are going to uh, help us with that, and uh, it's going to meet, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we talked about the, the class, and, uh, and I'm, I'm excited about it, and I want you to tell your friends about it. We've got several young couples in our class, and, and, uh, and I want there to be a place that, uh, y- that you feel like, you know, what we, we fellowship with other uh, couples that are uh, uh, near or uh, around our age and so forth. Now, if you're, if you're in a Sunday school class, that's great. That's wonderful. We're not, uh, that's, that's f- phenomenal. I'm not trying to get you to change classes at all, <coughs> but uh, I know there's uh, several young couples, uh, not only uh, in our church family who don't necessarily are not part of a, uh, of a class, but, uh, but you have friends, uh, other young couples that you fellowship with, that you uh, are in your circle of friends or whatnot, and there's a place for them. And I want you to uh, to tell those folks about it as well. Uh, Brother Justin and I, we, we got through talking about it, and as soon as he walked out of my office, it dawned on me, I don't know where they're going to meet. <laughs> I'm thinking, huh, let's see here. Uh, we could put them in the bathroom. That might be a little bit awkward, uh, so we can't do that. Uh, but anyway, uh, they're going to meet in my office. Uh, we're going to, unless the Lord opens up something else, but uh, it's a good size room. And so uh, coming soon, a brand new young couples class at Lake Crest Baptist Church. I'm thrilled about it, and uh, we'll give you some specifics on it, the name of it and the start date of it in the very near future. And so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Acts chapter 24, if you'll stand with me, please, for the reading of God's Word. Acts chapter number 24, it's great to be home. And uh, we were at camp all week, and, uh, you know, the old adage is true. It's great to get away, and it's great to get back home. (laughs) There's no question about it. Acts chapter 27, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, And when it was determined that we should set sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And entering into a ship uh, of uh, Adramidium, you say, that's not not, not how you say it. Uh, It's probably not, but uh, my guess is as good as yours, and so we'll go with it. Uh, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, uh, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us, verse 3. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. Notice verse number 4. And when we had launched <coughs> from thence, we sailed under Cyprus. Notice this last phrase. Because the winds were contrary. The winds were were contrary. Now, look down with me, if you will, in, uh, in verse number 14. It says, But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. And there's other verses that we'll reference as we get into the message this, this morning. But notice in verse number 4, the Bible talks about a contrary wind. And then in verse number 14, it talks about a full-blown storm, a named storm, if you will. Now, when there are named storms at sea, they're usually called hurricanes. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes in your life, you'll go through times of contrary winds, and then other times you're in a full-blown hurricane. And this morning, I want to help you along the lines of this, simply this, contrary winds in your life, contrary winds in your life, and let's pray. Our Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. I pray that you'd uh, uh, meet the needs that we have. Father, in a crowd this size, uh, there are folks who have all kinds of different issues that they face. Uh, some wake up every morning and they wonder how they can make it through another day. Uh, some have uh, relationship problems that they deal with on a regular basis. Some have financial setbacks or facing that this morning. Others have uh, needs of different varieties, and I pray that you'd help us as we uh, try to be a help and a blessing this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. When the, when the choir sang this morning, Till the Storm Passes By, honest to goodness, I had no idea what they were going to sing when I outlined the message for this morning. But it's true, all of us face storms. Every single person in this room. I can look at every row and every section and just about, uh, maybe I don't have intimate knowledge of the crisis that you face, but in, in many cases I have some knowledge of what's going on, something that might be uh, on your plate, so to speak. And the reality is uh, all of us have been in situations that were a bit, shall we say, unnerving. And that's kind of where Paul was in Acts chapter 27. You say, well, Paul, he's a great man of God. Yes, he was. But he was on a ship that was in the middle of what we would call a hurricane. Don't you think he was a little bit nervous? I think he was. I remember 13 years ago, uh, Brother Finley, he told this story at teen camp, and I had by no means forgotten the story, but it brought it back to my recollection and how I, <laughs> how I felt, what I was thinking when it happened. In uh, March of 2006, uh, we, uh, we went to pastor school in Hammond, Indiana, as we did many times. And, and uh, this particular year, instead of driving up, we decided to, to fly. And so we left uh, the flight, our flight left Raleigh-Durham International Airport. It was, it was supposed to be a direct flight to Chicago. And uh, about uh, 20 or 30 minutes into the flight, the captain came on and said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I need to, to uh, notify uh, you of a situation that is ongoing in the cockpit. And usually when the pilot comes on, with an when he prefaces his comments by saying, there's a situation in the cockpit, that gets everybody's attention, okay? And he said, we're having problems with our hydraulic system on the aircraft. The aircraft uh, sat about 50 passengers and so forth. It was not a full flight by any stretch of the imagination, but it was about a 50-passenger jet aircraft, uh, American Airlines, and he said, we need to prepare for an emergency landing in Columbus, Ohio. That's not what I wanted to hear, to be honest with you. That's a, that's a little more than I'd bargained for as I got on that plane that afternoon. And my wife was, uh, she was great with children. I didn't say great with child, I say great with children. The twins, were <laughs> she was about six months along with Jacqueline and Catherine, and so all I could think about was, okay, is my life insurance paid up? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I, was, I was scared to death, I'll be honest with you. There was, nothing, there was nothing about what was going on in that aircraft that was comforting to me. And so I did the only thing I knew to do. I thought to myself, you know what? Would God take this plane down and kill all of us? 
I mean, Pastor Finley's on board, his wife is on board, all the pastoral staff is on board. And so I just thought, my thought processes were surely, God wouldn't take us down with Brother Finley on the plane. Would he? <laughs> so I turned around. I looked every now and then to see if he was nervous. And he didn't show it, but he was nervous. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I'm thinking, great men of faith. You know, I'm sure he, uh, I met God this morning and all that. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure everything's going to be <laughs> okay. But I was, I was scared to death. And I think that's probably how Paul felt in Acts chapter 27 when uh, those contrary winds turned into full-blown hurricane winds. And sometimes your life has contrary winds. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The reality of life is contrary winds and storms are going to come to everybody. Of course, to tell the rest of that story, the plane was okay. Uh, we, we did make an emergency landing. And uh, they didn't have to put foam on the on the runway or anything, but it is kind of cool when you when you see fire trucks kind of come in beside you as you after you land. That's kind of a cool thing. But anyway, <coughs> and uh, but whenever you don't, if you can do that, and not smell smoke, it's even better. But uh, anyway, it's a fact that all of us are going to face storms. All of us are going to face tough times. It's something that we must prepare our children for. Everybody's going to have their share of contrary winds, whether it's a health crisis, some of you are right there this morning, whether it is the health crisis of a loved one, or a financial reversal, or the problem with uh, a son or a daughter, or a spouse, a relationship issue, or a job difficulty. Now, I'm not here this morning to sound doom and gloom, but the reality is troubles come to everybody at one time or another. And so this morning, I want to offer some biblical counsel, if you will, to all of us, some biblical advice on how to deal with your contrary winds, how to deal with your contrary winds, what you do or what do you do when the storms of life come to your home, your health, or your life. And by the way, it's the kind of message that you're going to need to file away somewhere for future use. You see, everybody here fits into one of a couple of different categories. Either you are in a storm right now, or you're approaching a storm and you don't realize it, or you just came out of one. Everybody in this room fits one of those categories. And so this message is one that even if you don't necessarily need it today, you may want to file it away because there will come a day when you do need it. You know, sometimes storms come up suddenly, very quickly. We were at camp last week, and uh, uh, in the afternoon, the, the, uh, the, after lunch, there's a little bit of free time, and the boys would have swim time while the girls were playing uh, tournament games and so forth. And then uh, there'd be another small uh, block of free time, and then they'd switch. The girls would go to the swim time, and the boys would have tournament uh, competitions and so forth. And, and uh, during the boys' swim time, I, uh, on, I believe it was uh, Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, I, I grabbed my Bible, my notepad, and so forth, and and my glasses, and uh, I went. Uh, I was going to walk up to the top of a hill. And they call it the Cove, and it's a it's a great solitary place there. It's a great place to pray and to read and study and so forth. And and uh, uh, my wife was with the girls down at the at the swim time, so I said, I'm just going to I'm just going to slide up there and, and spend some time with the Lord a little bit. And uh, uh, I walked up there. Man, the sun was shining. It was it was beautiful, beautiful afternoon. And I got up there, and I, I kid you not, I had not been there for ten minutes. And I heard thunder. 
not 10 minutes. And I thought, it'll pass. I'm sure it'll go around us. And so I, uh, I kept reading, kept praying a little bit. And within, within another 10 minutes, the bottom fell out. I took my Bible, I took my notepad, I took my glasses, but there's one thing I didn't take with me, an umbrella. And I'm looking, I'm a good uh, 10 or 15 minute walk away from the cabin, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, okay, what am I going to do? And so my first thought was, man, my Bible's going to get wet, I got all these notes in here, I don't want those to get wet. So they had a, they had a covered uh, trash can next to this amphitheater that they use for day services every now and then, and, and, uh, and so I took my Bible and my, my notepad, and I, and I put those under the, the, uh, the, the covering there so that they wouldn't get wet. And then my thought was, you know what, I could take those trash cans out of that bin that's covered there, and I could crawl in there myself and stay dry. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. But anyway, and then I thought about a story that I heard a few years ago. This, this covered trash can area had a metal roof on it. I mean... I mean, it was thundering, it was like, it was crazy out there. And I thought, you know what, if I get in there, I'm going to get zapped. I'm going to get fried. I've heard stories about people who do dumb stuff like that. It's one thing if I'm an illustration, say he was just minding his own business, walking out in the woods, and God decided to take him on to heaven. But I don't want to bring that on myself. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I say, well, I, I'm, I'm just going to get wet. That's what I'm going to do. It was too far of a walk to get, a, to get it to any shelter, and so for about 20 minutes, I stood there, and when I came out of the woods, I looked like a drowned rat is what I looked like. But hey, my Bible was dry, my notes were dry, and so all was good. But you know what? That storm came up in a hurry. You know, sometimes storms come up into our lives, and they're unexpected. We don't see it coming. Everything is fine, and then the phone call comes. The phone call that says, there's been an accident. The phone call where the voice on the other end of the line says, you got your test results back from the hospital, and they're not good. And it could be a phone call that brings any kind of bad news. I'm simply saying sometimes the storms come up in our lives unexpectedly, and they're severe. What to do when the contrary winds come? When the storms of life beat upon you and when what used to be just some contrary winds turns into a full-blown hurricane, a full-blown storm, and you're in the middle of it and you don't know what to do, I think we can find some good advice from this story in Acts chapter 27. First of all, I want you to see this. Be open to godly instruction. When the storms of life come, when your winds become contrary, when your full-blown hurricane comes in your life, be open to Bible instruction, godly instruction. Look with me, if you will, Acts chapter 27, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 7. The Bible says, And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce would come over against uh, Sinaitis, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmoni, and, and hardly passing it, came into a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lysaia. Notice verse number 9. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, notice what it says, Paul admonished them. Paul admonished them. Paul was on the boat with these fellows. He was getting ready to go through the storm himself. Now, God had given him some assurance that everything was going to be okay, but Paul gathers everybody together who would listen to him, and the Bible says that he admonished them. He gave them some instructions 
he uh, had some insight as to what was about to happen, and uh, he gave them some godly instructions. Look, when the storms of life beat upon you, when the winds are contrary, when your uh, boat is rocked, so to speak, then let me tell you something. We ought to be very keen and tuned in to godly instruction. Let me paraphrase it. When things start going south in your life, that's no time to bail out on God. Hey, that's no time to quit church. That's no time to say, well, you know what? Uh, man, things are, th- things are tough right now. I was talking to somebody uh, not long ago, and they, they were somebody who'd been out of church for some time. And I said, look, we'd love to have you back. And, and uh, I know it's easy to get out of the habit. And the, the, the reply was this. They said, preacher, as soon as things calm down in my life, I'm going to get back in church. And I thought to myself, do you realize what you just said? You just put a big bullseye on your chest saying, Satan, let me have it. <laughs> no, when, when things are going wrong, when, when hey, when, when your storm is, is going on and when your ship is being tossed over the winds and the waves of life, hey, that's no time to, turn, to tune out godly instruction. That's no time to quit reading your Bible. That's no time to get, off of, get out of your prayer closet. Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? What a, what a wonderful song the fellow sang a, a few moments ago. Bow the knee. Bow the knee. One of the first things that we're tempted to discard when things get rough are the things that we need the most. Hey, I need the, I need the Word of God. I need, I need the Bible. I need uh, God to, to, to instruct me. Be open to godly instruction. It's so important that we don't just... Uh, so, you know, uh, well, you know, we, we panic. Things happen. Uh, the, the phone calls come. The bad news comes. The storms of life come into our, our lives suddenly, and we're tempted to just throw in the towel, just to, 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 uh, to run to everybody and anybody except for the God of the universe. You understand something? God's in control of the storm. I think Paul understood that. Paul, here he was. He's on a ship. It's uh, in, in the, middle, uh, the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, and uh, this Eurachlodon, this, uh, depending on your pronunciation of that, it, this, this, this storm comes up. It, the contrary winds turn into a, a full-blown tropical storm, hurricane, if you will, tropical depression. I don't care what you call it, it was a bad storm. But I think Paul understood something that's, that we need to be reminded of this morning, and that is simply this. God's in control of the storm. God controls the storm. I just simply need to stay in tune with him. Look, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I love the song. The, the, the songwriter penned the words. I don't know uh, who. Uh, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. The God of creation, the God of the universe, the God who stepped out on nothing and made everything that we see. He's the one that determines how long the storm lasts, how intense the storm is, and better yet, He has my best interest and your best interest. Why don't we stay in tune with him? Be open to godly instruction. Number two, I want you to see this. When the storms of life beat upon you, number one, be open to godly instruction. Number two, do what you can. Do what you can do. Look with me at verse number 19, Acts chapter 27 and verse number 19. The Bible says this, And the third day we cast out our own hands, or with our own hands, the tackling of the ship. 
Now, <coughs> I probably should have read a few verses to, that led up to verse number 19, but it talks about when that storm came up, there were some things that needed to be done. And there are some things that are just part of, uh, uh, of procedure that happens to, uh, to ships and to mariners when the storms come. There's some things that they do. They, they lighten the load of the ship. Notice in verse number 19, it says, we, with our own hands, we did some things. Do what you can. When the storms of life come into your life, don't just say, well, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to expect God to bail me out. I'm not going to do anything for myself. No, you got to do what you can. You know, don't expect God to do for you what you can do for yourself. Sometimes we get a little bit lazy, don't we? We want God to come through for us in a miraculous way. And that's all fine and good, my friend. But sometimes, hey, we need to do what we can do. We want God to bless us, but we want God to bless us on our terms. Can I help you to, uh, this morning? God blesses you on his terms, not yours. <laughs> on his terms. We want God to bring deliverance. We want God to let the storm pass by. We want God to see us through safely while we backslide, while we do our own thing, while we neglect our prayer closet, while we neglect our Bible reading, while we, while we turn a deaf ear to the cry of others. Hey, let me tell you something. One of the best things that you can do in a storm is to help somebody else who's going through a storm. Be a blessing to them. Hey, you know what? There's a bunch of people in that boat. Paul realized he wasn't on that boat by himself. There were other people on that ship, and they needed help. You say, preacher, I'm going through a tough time. You may be, but don't ever lose sight of the fact that there's always somebody who's got it worse than you do. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? What happens is this. The storms of life come, and we become introspective. We start looking only at our situation. We start looking at only our problems instead of looking outward at other people who are, pardon the expression, in the same boat we are. Instead of looking for others who are in that same predicament or in worse situations possibly than we are, we start looking inward and all of our thoughts, all of our actions, all of our attitudes, everything centers around me, my, mine, ours. And we stop living for others. Best thing, one of the best things you'll ever do. If you're going through it right now, help somebody. Find somebody to help. Do what you can do. Do what you can do. And then I want you to see number three. I said, first of all, when you're in the storm, be open to godly instruction. Do what you can do for yourself and look for others to help. Number three, take comfort in God's promises. Take comfort in God's promises. Look at Acts chapter 27 and verse number 21. Boy, this is good stuff right here. Acts 27, and look with me at verse number 21. It says, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. Now, get the picture. The, 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 uh, the ship is being tossed like a, like a toy. <laughs> Anybody here ever been in a storm out on the open water? All right, a few of you have. I know Brother Beagle, he's a, he's a Navy guy, and I'm sure uh, several of you, if you've been in the U.S. Navy, I'm sure many of you have experienced this. <coughs> and, and what I'm about to tell you right now is going to pale in comparison, no doubt, to any of your stories, but it's the only story I have, okay? So <coughs> I was in this John boat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <coughs> but uh, <laughs> we were, uh, I was on a men's deep-sea fishing trip years ago. And I went on two of them, and the same thing happened on both of them. And the really dumb thing is I went on the second one after it happened on the first one. 
fool me twice, shame on me. But anyway, we were, uh, something similar happened on both of them. We, uh, off the coast of North Carolina, there's a, a company, there's several of them, that they, they take deep sea fishing charters out there. And, and uh, we, get on, we got on a, a boat, an 80-foot-long boat. I forget how wide it was, but it, it was a decent-sized vessel. And it was very impressive as long as it was at the dock. You look at that boat when it's at the dock, and you say, man, that's an impressive-looking boat right there. That is something else. But you know, that same boat, when you get out into the the ocean, and you can see, you cannot see land in any direction. You look north, you can't see land. You look west toward the east coast of the United States, and you know it's out there somewhere, but you can't see it. And of course, you can't see it south or, or east, and you can see land in, in no direction, and a storm comes up. There's about 40 men from our church on that uh, deep sea fishing trip, and, and uh if there were 40 men on that boat, there were probably about 36 who got sick. Now, I could tell story after story after story about good, godly men who lost their dignity, not to mention their lunch, on that deep sea fishing trip. Some of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. It would, And, you know, looking back on it, it's hilarious. At the time... I was scared to death, and it wasn't nearly as funny then. All the laughing has happened since we got off the boat. Amen. <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure where I was going with that. But anyway, <laughs> oh, I know what it was. That ship looked really impressive in the harbor, but out there in the middle of the ocean, it was very tiny. It was it was very small. And by the way, when you're in the middle of your problems, they look enormous. They look insurmountable. But let me tell you something. There's a God in heaven who's never crossed a problem that he couldn't cure. There's a God in heaven who's never seen a storm that he couldn't see you through. He's never, he's never been impressed. God doesn't look down from heaven and see a, a hurricane, whether it be one of those impressive Category 5 Katrinas, and says, wow, that's a, man, that's a humdinger right there. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can see anybody. He, he, never, he never says that. He never says that. I'm simply saying, <laughs> look at verse 21 with me, if you will, in uh, Acts chapter 27. Take comfort in God's promises. we got to hustle here. Verse 21, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Verse 22, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Now, why could Paul say that so confidently look at verse 23 for there stood by me this night the angel of god whose i am and whom i serve saying fear not paul thou must be brought before caesar and lo god has given thee all them that sail with thee wherefore sirs be of good cheer for i believe god that it shall be even as it was told me now let me tell you something when you're in a storm best thing you can do is take comfort in god's promises take comfort in god's promises. Paul stood up and he said, look, first of all, you should have listened to me. <laughs> it was kind of a, nah, 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 nah. I told you this was going to happen. But once he got past that, he said, look, it's going to be okay. And I know it's going to be okay because God sent an angel and he stood by me and said, look, Paul, nobody's going to lose their life. Now the ship's going to be destroyed. 
But nobody's going to die who's on this ship right now. He said, fellas, we can take great comfort in what God's promised to me. And let me tell you something. That book you hold in your lap this morning is the never-dying, never-changing words of the living God. And you have God's promises, and you belong to him. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you if you belong to him. And you have God's promises to fall back on. I feel sorry for people who aren't saved. I really do. I feel sorry for people who don't who, who cannot take refuge in what God says. I feel sorry for, for, for folks like that. Hey, I feel sorry for people who don't have a church family. I do. I feel sorry for them. God's promises are for his children. And he said to Paul, he said, Paul, fear not. Thou must be brought before Caesar. He said, Paul, I've got a purpose for your life. I've got, I've got an end uh, in mind for you. You're going to stand before Caesar. This is just a bump in the road. Yeah, the storm looks bad right now, but Paul, don't worry about that. I got it all under control. This morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to put your confidence in what God said. You look at the news, and boy, it looks, it looks pretty bad. You look at all that's going on in our world today and, and all of the ills of society and all of the, the uh, uh, it seems like everywhere you turn, it seems like the world is getting worse by the second. But understand something, you belong to God if you're saved. You're in his family. You're in his family. I remember as a kid, when we lived on the mission field, we, uh, we endured a, a few hurricanes on that small island where we lived. And I remember every time a storm was approaching, one of my, I think I did it by instinct. I don't think I did it planning to do it. But as a kid, I think kids tend to do this. As the storm was approaching, I'd always look at my dad to see if he was scared or not. And truthfully, my dad probably had some reservations sometimes about what was going to happen. I remember Hurricane Frederick, 1980, somewhere along in there, Hurricane Frederick came through and and totally destroyed several of the islands further down the chain. And I remember sitting in my living room, seeing a wall of water just rushing toward our house, and it got to it got to within the doorstep. I remember helping my mom putting furniture uh, or putting things up on the uh, uh, the couch and things that we didn't want to get wet, and just trying to do everything we could, not not controlling, not being able to control one bit about how much water was going to come in the house. But I'd always look at my dad just to see what his demeanor was to see whether or not he was worried. And the truth is, he was probably a bit out of shape on the inside, but on the outside, he was cool as a cucumber. Hey, can I help all of us? Your Heavenly Father's not worried. Not only does he not show it on the outside, he's not worried. He's got it all under control. And I'm simply, I want to encourage you this morning by saying, rest in God's promises. Hey, don't get all riled up. Don't, don't get off course. Don't allow yourself to, be, to get off the beaten path. Stay in church this summer. Stay faithful to the Lord this summer. Ah, preacher, everybody's, everybody's getting all uh, you know, contemporary and, and, and going different directions. Look, you stay by the tried and true word of God. That leads us to the, last, uh, to the fourth thing here. Verse 31, Acts chapter 27. Look at it with me if you will. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Hmm. Number four, stay in the ship. When the storm comes, don't jump ship. Don't jump ship. 
when the winds are howling and the waves are beating against the vessel, hey, don't bail out on God. Don't do it. Don't do it. Paul said, you stay with the ship. Now, he had just finished telling those people that the ship was going to be lost. If you read on a little bit later in the story, you'll find <coughs> that some of the people got to shore who could not swim, but they got to shore on broken pieces of the ship. So that was good advice when Paul said, stay with the ship. Even if the ship gets broken up, Paul said, you stay with the ship, you're going to have something to make it to shore with if you can't swim. He said, stay in the ship. When, when bad things happen in your life, hey, when the phone call with bad news on the other end of the line comes, when, uh, uh, when uh, you're discouraged, <coughs> when, uh, uh, when things happen that are contrary to the way you want your life to go, hey, why don't you just understand, I'm just going to stay with what I know. Stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Last thing, we're done. Number five, make sure your faith is well-founded. Make sure your faith is well-founded. Look at verse 25. We read it a few moments ago. Paul said, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Now, let me tell you, there's a whole lot in that verse right there that you can take with you to the bank. He said, sirs, be of good cheer. What does that mean? Be happy. Be happy. Well, wait a minute. We're in the middle of a storm. What do you mean be happy? What do you mean be of good cheer, Paul? He said, no, take heart. Be of good cheer. He said, I believe God. Because God told me it was going to be thus and so, and I believe I'm just going to take God at his word. God's never failed me to this point. We're in a storm. Okay, fine. He's not going to fail me in the storm. God's brought me through a lot of hardships, Paul said. You know what? I've been in prison. I've been stoned. I've been, uh, I've been uh, uh, persecuted in many different ways. He said, but my God has never let me down to this point, and he's not going to start right now. His faith was well-founded. His faith was well-founded. Let me tell you, the bottom line this morning is simply this. When the storms of life come to you and to me, and they will come, again, file this away if you don't need it today. You'll need it sometime. When the storms of life come, make sure you stay in the ship and make sure that your faith is well-founded in a God who cannot fail. A God who cannot fail. Hey, you can, you can invest your faith in all kinds of different things in this life. Let me tell you something. There's no guarantees to any of it except for God Almighty. Except for God. Make sure your faith is well-founded. He said, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe, God, it shall be even as it was told me. Look, you know the good thing about storms? After a while, they're over. They're over. I remember... Again, be on the mission field after that hurricane that I just referenced after it passed through. I mean, it went from winds howling, 100 mile an hour winds, and, and debris flying all over the yard, and all kind of you know, glass breaking and all that kind of stuff. Power, of course, went out. But I remember within just a couple hours' time, the sun was shining again. I remember going outside with my dad. He said, Son, we made it. We made it. Hey, your storm's going to end. 
You might be facing it right now, and I'm not here to minimize it. I'm not here to downplay it. I'm not here to telling you that uh, you know this isn't power positive thinking, none of that garbage. I'm, simp- I'm simply saying there's a God in heaven who has the storms well under his control, and it's going to end at some point. But you better make sure your, your faith is well-founded. And you better stay with the ship, and you better learn to take God and his promises, and you better learn to take good godly counsel even during the storms. Hey, the storms are going to pass, and if we'll, if we'll do what we ought to do, guess what? We'll come out on the other side of the storm stronger. We'll come out closer to the Lord on the other side of the storm than we were before the storm came. And that's what we want. Make sure your faith has found a resting place, as the songwriter said, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed.